Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. We are a community of believers who exist to glorify God by making disciples who bring gospel restoration to our city and world. For more information about Hill City or to support our ministry, you can find us online at hillcitysgf.org. Good morning, Hill City. The reading today is from Luke 14, verse 7 through 24. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who was reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of these men who are invited shall taste my banquet. Thank you, Katie. So this is the word of God. Um, and before we get going, I just, so, so I just want you guys to know this. And, and I, without question, it is always, always uh, an honor to be able to open the Bible and share and teach and, and do this with you guys. It's an honor that's never, ever taken um, lightly. And I just want to, I feel like I needed to communicate that to you guys today. This is, this is such a blessing for me. So before we dive in, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look at this, this passage, okay? So God, we love you, and uh, every word of yours is pure, every single word. So God, we're, we're taking a chunk of those words today and asking that you open our eyes and teach us something awesome from your word uh, this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So by way of review... Uh, the, last, the last time I taught, which was the first part of chapter 14, if you'll remember, Jesus gets invited to this lunch or, or, or this dinner by some religious people. And it says they were watching him carefully, if you'll remember this, because they were, they were trying to set him up. 
Right, they're going to try to make him look silly. So they had a guy there that, that uh, had dropsy, had disease, and they looked at him. They brought this guy. They were just using him. They didn't really care about him. They're like, hey, are you going to heal this guy on the Sabbath? Are you going to break one of our religious rules? And then Jesus, if you remember, just flips the script on him and just kind of makes them look foolish at their own dinner. So when we pick up today in verse 7, we are still on that scene. So it wasn't like Jesus just made them look foolish and then it's like, hey, I'm done with your dinner, I'm out. No, 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 he's going to teach them some more. He's going to take advantage of this moment. They invited him. They were watching him carefully. He's going to give them something to watch. So he does this by telling two, two parables. Okay? And, and, and in these parables, we're going to see a couple themes. We're going to see kind of a theme of humility or, or lack of humility. And then we're going to see this theme of hospitality. But not like what we're thinking. Not like southern hospitality where we grandma has the family over and cooks biscuits and gravy. Like we're talking kingdom hospitality. So Jesus is going to get after it. He's going to start teaching about his kingdom. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to go directly at the heart's of these religious people because he's been to multiple dinners he's been to multiple get-togethers multiple parties by this point and he's noticing something he's noticing that this is not how his kingdom is supposed to be and we pick it up in verse 7 where he is going to teach a lesson on humility to the attenders of the party so you got these people, they came to a party. So he's going to go, go to them first. He says, now he told a parable to those who were invited. When you notice how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So just kind of so you know how this works, there would be like a, at a feast like this, there would be like a U-shaped table. But don't think U-shaped like where six people are sitting there. Think like if we had tables all down the side of this theater and tables in the front, like big wedding feast party. That's the kind of U-shaped table we're talking about. Okay, And Jesus wasn't talking to these guys like, hey, guys, let me just teach you a little trick of the trade here. Let me teach you how to get a cool seat. That's not, that's not what he was doing. Jesus is showing them something. And here's what he's showing them. He's like, man, I've been watching you guys. I've been watching how you come into a place. And here's what I've noticed. You're always and only thinking about yourselves. Like this is a heart issue. And Jesus is going after this issue. He's like, you guys are always posturing, right? You're always working an angle with the people you're at a party with. You're always manipulating, right? You're always selfish. He's like, this is it's kind of a pitiful way to live, actually. You guys probably know a person that's kind of like that. And Jesus sees this and he's... He's like, this isn't how it goes in my kingdom. 
How it goes in my kingdom is, is, is verse 11. He says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And he's going right at the heart of the people who came to this party. Was, he, he saw how they did it, and he just went at it. They had no humility. They were just proud and selfish men. But he doesn't stop there. He, he goes on, and, now, and then he's going to teach a lesson in humility to the host. He doesn't just talk to those invited. Like he talks to everybody invited, and then he takes his attention to the host. Verse 12, he said also to the man who had invited him, Hey, when you give a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid the resurrection of the just. So he goes after the host here, and I hope you can see this. He did it when he went after the attenders, and now he's going after the host. He is without question exposing these men for who they really are. He's like, all y'all are clueless about my kingdom. Like these parties, you have them all the time, these lunches, these dinners, these hangouts, whatever you want to call them, like you have them all the time, but they're, they're for you, and they're, they're for only you, and you do this to make yourself look good, or you do this to get something from somebody, or you do it for both, like you want to look good and you want to get something from somebody, like that's the heart of why you're having these parties, and that's not how it goes in my kingdom, and he's exposing these men for who, they, for who they really are. And they're men without humility. Proud men. And we know this, that in the kingdom that Jesus came to establish, like, when you're going to rank humility, like, it's up here. Like, it's at the top. Those of you who are going through the James Bible study right now, you're about to get to it, but what's it say? It says, God opposes the proud, and gives grace to the humble. Like, he actively opposes the proud. C.J. Mahaney wrote a book called Humility, uh, True Greatness. And here's what he says in it. He says that we hate nothing. So think about the thing that you hate the most. Think about the, th the most despicable thing that happens on this planet and how much you hate it. And we hate nothing to the degree at which God hates pride. And here, here, here's the truth, Hill City. Listen, our hospitality or our lack of hospitality will expose our lack of humility. So, so to be clear, Jesus was not against you hanging out with your friends and family. If you, if you heard that and you're thinking, oh, great, Jesus told me I could never have mom and dad over for dinner again, right? That's not what he's saying He's not saying you can't hang out with family and friends. Remember what he's doing here. He's going after hearts. And the point was this. Like he had been to these guys' parties. And he noticed these guys were limiting their guest list. Like to people that they could get something from. 
Maybe it was notoriety that they wanted. Maybe it was just some favors. Like, I'm going to invite these people that will then repay me with favors. I know this guy's going to have a party later on in November, so if I invite him to mine, then he'll invite me to his. Maybe it was just some sort of fame. But they had a reason, and it wasn't a good reason, for how they created their guest list. And Jesus comes to these parties, and he's looking around. And he's looking down this side of the table. He's looking down this side, and he's looking at the party. He's been to many of these. And he's going, hey, great party. Where are the foster kids? We're, I don't see any single moms here, guys. Like no kids in wheelchairs here. What about, what about the kids with autism? Like, the, what, what about the, um, I, I don't see any recovering drug addicts at your parties. He's like, this doesn't look like my kingdom. Like, I, I'm not sure what's going on here. This is not my kingdom. And he's making it very clear to these religious people. Hill City Church, when we are called by God, into his kingdom, which make no mistake about it, if you are a believer, you were called by God. Like when, when God invaded your heart, which make no mistake about it, if you're a believer, it's because God invaded your heart. When you pass from death to life, again, make no mistake about it, that's what happened when you became a believer. You were dead and you passed from death to life. When that happens... It isn't just that your moral lives change. Yes, your moral lives will change. You will probably and most likely quit doing some things that you used to do. You will quit thinking ways that you used to think. Your moral life will change, but not just your moral life. When you become a member of God's kingdom, your social lives will change as well. It's no longer about ourselves and what we can get from people. Who are you inviting to your parties, Hill City? Like who's coming, to, who's coming to your house? You know, the mission of God doesn't always, and actually most of the time, doesn't look extraordinary. It's actually very ordinary. It's ordinary people doing some pretty ordinary things. I don't know, like having a barbecue. It's about that time of year. Like I'm convinced, I'm going to be too dogmatic here, but I'm convinced lives can be changed over a green egg and a cold drink. It's ordinary. Hill City Church, who we invite to our parties, who we hang out with and invite into our lives, by everything I see in the Gospels, that seems to get Jesus' attention. And it should probably get our attention.
Jesus is exposing their hearts. And then you get to verse 15. And the only thing I can say about verse 15 is there's always this guy. So Jesus just like throws down, teaches about his kingdom, exposing these men for who they really are. Like you're doing all this stuff and, and you're not really living a kingdom life and you're not really in the kingdom. And this guy says, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Oh, like there's always that guy, right? Like this is a very religious thing to say, right? He knew some Christian words. He sprinkled in there. So if, if you engage in any kind of our, our, our group settings at our church, we always kind of have some rules of engagement. And, and one of those is like, no, I, or, sorry, I did this. <laughs> I did this on Thursday morning. One of them is use I statements. Use I statements. Right? Because re, religious people and me, I'm guilty. We'll, we always will talk about us and how we do things and how we should do things. Instead of just saying, no, I actually struggle here. Not we struggle here. No, I struggle here. So, so this guy from verse 15, I think he would have struggled with the I statements. Because he, he knew some religious stuff to sprinkle in. Like, I've heard people call it Christianese. He knew that. And one thing we can learn from this guy to this verse is like, look, you, you might be able to talk the game but it doesn't put you in the kingdom. This guy was one of those selfish men who lacked humility. He just knew some religious stuff to say. And I have to think, like I have, I have four kids, right? So there are times when I'm like on my game, like I'm parenting and I'm um, just, it's a home run, right? And, and then like almost music starts playing in the background, you know what I mean? Teaching this lesson to my kids and the kind of thing that happens on sitcoms. Everybody with me? I'm like, we're, we're doing this, Jenny. Like, we're awesome. And then I'm like, okay, do you understand what dad and mom are saying? And then my kids would say something about poo or something, right? That's very real. And I'm just like, oh, Okay. I'm not saying that's what Jesus did here after this guy shouts that out. But, I, but maybe, like, man, I just taught this, and then this guy shouts this out, and I just, Jesus probably like, oh, just, okay. So here's what he does. He goes back to back with parables here. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come with another one. Man, when Jesus goes back to back, pay attention. Now, before moving on to this parable, I want to ask a couple questions. I want to set the scene a little bit, Okay. Here's the first question. What is your favorite meal of all time? Now stop, stop, stop. I didn't ask you what's your favorite food of all time. Yes, that might be part of this, but I want you to think about the scene. I want you to think about who's there. You have friends, you have family. Is it a festive time? Is it, is it, an, is it an occasion like with the ones that you love? Right? Maybe it's with your family, your immediate family. You're like, yeah, I want them there. But, and then some of you are like, no, that kind of stinks. That's not my favorite meal. 
So maybe it's with your church family or your city group, but the people that you love to be with the most and the people that, man, you want to spend a meal with and have a party with. Like, who, what is that? Think about that just for a minute. That's, that's pretty exciting to think about for most of us. It's, it's funny because I, I know some of you are, are in this right now, but like when a loved one dies, one of the places that, you, that they are missed the most is, is at the table, right? Like where they sat at Christmas, where they sat at Thanksgiving meal, the kind of things they did, maybe the games that they played, maybe the jokes that they made, but it, it's at that festive meal time where it's just like, oh, man, I remember them. Which leads me to my next question, and that's this. What, what do you think heaven is going to be like? Because I have no doubt in this room, like, there are some weird ideas. Okay? So let me give you some weird ideas that may exist in this room, may not. So are, are we sitting in rows being taught in heaven? Maybe we're standing in rows and we're singing this worship song that never, ever ends. That takes us back to some of our childhoods and small verses where the invitations, anybody with me there? Like, oh, we got another verse. I know there's one person here. You know what I'm talking about? Like, do we think heaven is this never-ending worship song? So for those of you who just heard those two examples and you're like, holy cow, if that is the case, I'm not sure I want to go. Rest easy, that's not how it is. Maybe your idea is something even as weird as like people sitting on clouds playing harps. And I can't even say that without picturing diapers and I know that's horrible. Maybe, maybe you think it's just like spirits floating around. I, I don't know, but man, we have some weird ideas about what heaven is. Can I tell you, can I just give you a peek of what heaven's going to look like? Are you ready? Can we go there? Okay. Now, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let Isaiah do it because he's better, right? Chapter 25, verse 6. Now, let me warn you. I know a lot of us have these Baptist roots. This is going to make some of us uncomfortable. I'm just reading from the Bible. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined. Me, I want to go to that party. Like, we're not roasting weenies there. And that's not even the best part. Are you ready? Verse 7, and he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all people, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. See, that's, that's a glimpse into heaven. Now listen, if you even think for a minute that when God wipes away tears from all faces, that it's replaced with this stoic, okay, I'm not crying anymore. You've missed it. Right? If you're picturing a meal with awesome food and you can hear like forks and plates and nobody's talking, you're picturing the wrong party. Like he wipes away all tears and it's replaced with joy unspeakable. 
Like Jesus, our King, He's there. Like our bodies, perfect. Right? And this one means a lot to me because I've been trying to work out. You know what I'm saying? I am sore all the time. All the time. It's horrible. And, and I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like I already think, I, I, man, I hope I get to pick what body I have. I think I know what I want to look like. But it's going to be perfect. And there's going to be food. And there's going to be wine. And there's going to be fun. And I go back to this question. Why do we feel the way we feel about parties? When we think about the greatest meal we've ever had or the greatest party that we've ever been to, why do we feel the way we feel? Why is it exciting for most of us to think about? Why is it at the table, like at holidays or, or, or festivals where it seems we, th- we start thinking about those lost loved ones the most? Here's why. Because we were made for it. We were made for it. Ecclesiastes tells us this in, in chapter 3, verse 11. It says, he's made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Okay, Isaiah 25, that's what's going to go down in eternity. And you know what? That's in your heart. Like, we were made for that. That's why we feel the way we feel. And it's with this mindset that I want us to look at the next parable. Jesus gives us a sneak peek into this party. Verse 16, but he said to him, Hey, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I've married a wife. And therefore, I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you've commanded has been done and still there's room. And the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited will taste my banquet. So we get a sneak peek here. You've got this guy, and he's throwing a party like no party has ever been thrown in a region. There's no way these people are going to go to a nicer party. And what do they do? They make excuses. Like they heard about this party. They said they were going to go. Like they RSVP'd. They said they were going to go. We see that in verse, 15, or verse 17. Check it out. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. That's how it worked. You sent out an invite. People say, yeah, we're coming. Okay, now it's time for the party that I invited you to, that you said you were going to come to. And then they started making excuses. Party of parties. Hey, the party's ready. Let's do this. I'll see you in a little bit. Person one, nope. Bought some grass. Got to go look at it. Like, 
Like, wait a minute, you, first of all, you bought a field sight unseen, is that what you're telling me? And you've never even looked at it yet? Second guy, party of parties, let's go, it's time. Can't. Bought some cows. Gotta go look at them. Okay, Missourians, like anybody watched a field lately or watched cows? Right? Listen, I, I'm from the country, I get it, but after about s- six minutes of that, you, you see what you need to see. Now, the third guy, like, I'm kind of with him. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> and I don't know what he was thinking, right? We, like, maybe it's like, got a wife, and she's making me vacuum. I don't know. I'm not saying that. Maybe, somebody brought up to my attention after the first guy, like, maybe he was newly married, right? Which, which if he was, it's like, bro, you got to learn some stuff. Like, this is the party of parties, and I know most women in here, like if your husband, married women, if your husband came home, it's like, look, this is going to be like the best food and the best drink and the best party ever, best music. Like, and I bought you this awesome dress. I want you to wear it, man. You, babe, you look beautiful in this. Come to this party. I don't know very many women to be like, no. Furthermore, let me get inappropriate just for a minute. If he said no because he had a wife, because he was going to enjoy her at the house, he needs to learn some things. Like if you will take her to this party... The after party's going to go well for you, man. Like, I don't know why he said that, but I can kind of understand dude number three. So what is going on here? The story is Jesus going after the hearts of these people. But I think another thing that we can learn here is this. You know, selfishness and sin can make us really stupid. Like, we, we're learning some, something here about the stupidity of human beings and the lame excuses that can be made. Guilty. Like, there's going to be a party, and it's a big party. And like legends are going to be there. Moses is going to be there. David is going to be there. Paul's going to be there. Peter's going to be there. Luther's going to be there. Spurgeon's going to be there. Sproul's going to be there. Jesus is going to be there. There's this party. And here's what we know. It's going to happen with or without you. Right? Listen, this, this party was going to happen whether the first people that were invited came or not. There was going to be a party. Do you really want to miss this party? And here is the reality. No one, no one can say that they weren't invited. Like just by being here today, maybe like you haven't been in church forever. You're here. And now you know you've been invited. Never again in your life can you say, I wasn't invited. And just like the guy in the parable, God wants a full house. He wants a big party. So much, Lord, he says, go to the highways. He Compel them. 
So can I compel you here today? I'm going to try. I'm going to try with some questions. Question number one. Are you coming to this party? Just think about it like this. What invitation could someone send you or offer you that would cause you to drop everything and say, I'm there? Right? Like, like if somebody came up to you and they're like, here's the deal. I want to send you to Europe. And, and I'm going to send you to Europe for 10 days. And here's the thing. You will not spend a penny. And you're going to go to about 20, 25 different places all over Europe. And it is on me. I'm paying for it. Here's when it is. October. Most of you are going to go, okay, let me see what was going on in October and let me wipe everything away and put that there. You've been invited to the party. Now, here's a reality for some of you. You don't believe it. Like some of you don't truly believe that you have been invited to this party. And you're saying things in your mind like, no, no, listen to me. People like me don't get invites to that party. Say, Brad, listen to me. If you had any idea what I did in my past, if you had any idea what I did in high school, if you had any idea what I did in college, if you had any idea what I did last night, you would know I don't get invites to these parties. If that's you and you're thinking those thoughts, let me tell you what you just did. You just admitted that you are crippled and that you are poor and that you were an outcast. And I want to tell you something here today. There's a real God that he's throwing a party and he has your picture on his refrigerator. And he knows everything you did already. And he died for it. And there's nothing he wants more than for you to be at his table eating and drinking with him. Now, to be true to the scripture here, make sure you guys understand this. Jesus is telling this story to a group of religious people, specifically Jewish leaders. And the crux of this message is this. I know you guys think you're the only ones, but here's what's going down. The Gentiles are getting in on this party. Like, he, he's making sure that he's explaining that. That's us. Are you coming to the party? That's my first question. Here's my second question. And I hope you will allow this to compel you. Are you anticipating the party? Like there's a day and this party's going to go down and Luther said it like this, I have two days on my calendar. I have today and that day. Are we living like that? Are you anticipating the party? A way that you can anticipate this party. Are you ready for this? This is good. This is, this is, this is good. Here's a way you can anticipate the party. Are you ready? Practice the party. Like, read Isaiah 25 and then rehearse.
See, hospitality, biblical kingdom hospitality, is a way that we get to show people a piece of what's going to go down in the future. Practice it. So here it is, practical assignment, Hill City Church. For those of us who, who know we've been invited, that know we're going to this party, here's what I want to tell you. Before summer, this is your challenge, before summer. So you have the rest of March, you have April, you have May. Like, here's what I'm challenging you to do. Practice this. Invite, go big, and enjoy. Invite. Invite someone who you've never hung out with. Someone who can't pay you back. Right? Some of you live in neighborhoods. I don't know who lives there. Is there an older person who lives by themselves? Who are just broken in loneliness? Yeah, invite them. Are there kids in your neighborhood? I don't know. Try to find the one who has black teeth and, and has worn the same pair of shoes for the last four years. Find that kid. Invite them. And go find their parents and invite them. Find, invite, invite the kid in your neighborhood. Man, you realize I've never seen their dad. Yeah, they, they probably don't have one. Invite that single mom. Invite someone who isn't your friend yet. And then have them in and become a friend. So invite. Two, go big. Okay, go back to Isaiah. Rich food. Listen, this is your, cha this is your challenge before summer. Invite somebody and spend enough money that it stings a little bit. Right? Like when you have that kid come over, don't cut up little weenies and put them in mac and cheese. Like that kid probably gets that all the time. That's cheap. I, I would eat weenies and mac and cheese, by the way. I enjoy that. But you get my point. Invite, listen, maybe it's to your house. Maybe for a lot of you it's to your house. But you're like, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's like, you know, I'm going to go to a restaurant. I'm going to take somebody out to this restaurant. And I know this is a nice restaurant. And, and I know that they probably don't ever get a meal like this, and I'm going to spend enough money that it hurts. Find a college student who's, eat, who, who's eaten like ramen noodles for 37 days in a row. Go big. Practice Isaiah 25. And then when you're doing that, enjoy it. Like, allow it to reorient your hearts around the king who's going to throw the ultimate party that you have been invited to. Enjoy it. Practice it. So we practice it here every Sunday. Right? We come to a table. 